right now we are in unprecedented times with many businesses faltering and others failing. Today, the right marketing strategy could keep your business afloat. I'm Emily Zink, the EVP of content here at Freight Waves. Joining us as today's keynote is a man who has been called a marketing genius and has made more than 300 national media appearances on channels like Fox, ESPN, and CNN. He is the founder and executive chairman of Go Big Media, a political firm, and founder and CEO of Win Big Media, a corporate marketing agency. Our keynote has worked with multiple Fortune 200 companies and has over two decades experience working on political campaigns. I would like to welcome Philip Stutz to our Carrier Summit as today's keynote. Philip, welcome and thank you for being here today. Oh, I'm super excited. We're going to deliver some goods. We're going to help everybody today. And uh, yeah, let's kick it off. Let's roll. Yes, can't wait for the energy you're going to bring. These are all about energy, and you definitely have that. Well, we have a lot of great stuff to talk about, of course. And I just want to invite everyone to stick around until the end of this chat for an amazing free offer that Philip believes will help improve your marketing by 50%. But that's not all. Philip, what else do you have for us? Yeah, I'm going to also give away a $5,000 uh, product that we sell um, to all businesses from Fortune 200s to startups. And for everybody listening today, I'm going to give one of those away to you at the end. And it's going to be worth a lot for you. So uh, get ready, uh, tie your shoes, and get, let's get rolling. I love it. Well, as I mentioned, you're in politics and political marketing, and you've contributed to more than 1,200 political victories. Obviously, you know a thing or two about winning. I guess I'm curious, how did you get into political marketing, and why do you think your success rate is so high? Well, it's really interesting. I, I've worked in politics for over 24 years. Um, and then what happened, uh, really the, the biggest point or the biggest shift in the whole marketing world happened in 2004. And 2004 is the re-election of George W. Bush. He was running against John Kerry. And in that race, the Bush campaign came to people like me and said, we, we want to figure out how to use really, you know, like voter data, the data of the voters to turn them out based on what they care about, not what just the candidate wants to talk about. And so we ended up using, for the first time ever in the history of American political marketing campaigns, uh, very intricate data to understand what TV shows people watched, what magazines they subscribed to, what they bought on their credit card. And then we formulated all of these assumptions based on what they would care about those voters. Uh, we implemented this campaign, and I uh, oversaw uh, that part of the campaign, and we ended up winning the election. Uh, we won the Electoral College, but it really came down to one state, Ohio, where George W. Bush won by 119,000 votes, and that carried the entire campaign. At that moment, that was the most innovative marketing campaign in political history until 2008, when Obama came in and said, you know what, I'm going to take this data model that the Bush people used in 04, and I'm going to marry it with social media. And he created the most innovative political marketing campaign in history until 2016, when Trump came in and married the data that we, uh, you know, that we put it as an establishment in 2004. He took social media, and then he added in branding right? The make America great again. And when you add in all three of those factors, it was the most innovative marketing campaign in the history of American politics. And I tell you that because how it affects your business is really interesting. We are constantly innovating in politics. When I 
what we have an election every two years. I either win or I lose. I'm either going to stay in business or I'm going to be out of business based on my win-loss record. So it forces innovation out of us. And when I identified the steps that we take to win for candidates, it's a five-step process. It's a five-step system. And when I identified that five-step system, I went, oh, my God, businesses should be applying this five-step system to grow their bottom line. Let me walk through what that is. Number, step number one, if I'm running a political campaign, this is going to be a lot of fun, so check this out. If I'm running a political campaign, the first thing a candidate does is they, I sit down with the candidate and I say, what do you care about the most? And they go, you know, I want to talk about the environment. I want to talk about taxes. I want to talk about regulations. I want to talk about what they'll give you like 20 issues, right? And then what I typically, what I always do, excuse me, is I go out and I take a poll and I, or I find out what the data says about what the voters care about. And because of that, I will find one or two issues in the data that the voters care about at a high level. It could be, let's say, regulations and taxes, right? And, but the candidate wants to talk about 20 things, but they include regulations and taxes. Well, from that point forward, I am only going to focus on regulations and taxes for that candidate. Why? Because the voters care about it to such an extreme and passionate point that you can win an election on that. So the step two is now that we know what the data tells us those voters care about, we're only going to focus on those two issues. We build out a full marketing plan for that candidate. And that is going to be only on those two issues. That's it. Nothing else. If you talk about 18 other issues that no one cares about, it's a waste of time. The third step that we use is now we get the brand right. And a lot of you probably understand this. Your brand is incredibly important right now. But the brand has to be effective to the customer. And in politics, they have to be effective to the voter. And so what we do is we produce, let's just take a website, for example. We produce a website where we highlight those two issues we found in the data at the highest level. And if the voter goes there and they click on that and they see that the the two issues they care about are on there, they're going to read that website. They're going to read the policy papers. They're going to look at everything. They're going to be convinced to vote for that candidate. So the the brand is really important. And I'm going to tell you a little bit how important your brand is in trying to recruit or even keep drivers uh, in this market. And then the fourth step is now that we know what the data says, now that we have a plan in place, now that we have the brand in place, we're going to go test those messages. So those two messages can be tested a bunch of different ways, right? I'll give you an example. Um, on On the Trump campaign in 2016, they would run one message on a Facebook ad 162 ways. They would have different colored backgrounds. They'd have different fonts. They'd have a picture of a woman. They'd have a picture of a man. The same message. 162 ways. Ultimately, they would find two or three of those ads that they of the 162 got crushed. Like uh, people clicked on them and they had no idea why, but they knew that was effective. So before they were going to go spend a bunch of money, they had to go test the ads and figure out what worked. The fifth step that we use in every political campaign is now that we know what all the data says, now that the brand is in place, now that we have the plan in place, now that we've tested what's going to work and we know it's going to work, we launch our full marketing campaign based on whatever the outcome is for that candidate. In business, it's the exact same formula, except I've never seen a corporate marketer utilize this formula ever. 
So we started used it. We used it as the backbone to build our business. We have now worked for multiple Fortune 200 companies. We've worked for hiring agencies. We worked for B two B companies. We worked for startup companies, and every company that has utilized this exact five step formula has grown their bottom line. Let me uh, let me give you an example. Um, and and basically, I'm going to take you through these steps throughout the talk. But what's important right now is that the environment has changed. We're in a COVID economy. Right. There's no new normal. It's just new. There's nothing normal about anything we're going through right now. We're seeing the most disruptive economy in the history of our and, and you know, in our lifetime right now. So pay attention to this. But we have a um, and I'm going to talk about them again, but we work with a national pest control company. And when we looked at the data of their customers back in March and April and May, we found we found out that they really only wanted three things. They wanted to know that you were going to keep them safe, that they could trust you, and that you were also going to help others. And they also found this critical difference, and if you're not writing this down, write it down right now, that buyers right now, just like all people in the economy right now, are only making decisions based on need, not want. We used to want things all the time. We don't see that in the data anymore. People are cutting their budgets back. People are nervous. People are scared. And you have to you have to message to them in a way that makes them feel safe, that they trust you, and they know that you're looking out for them. So we positioned this pest control, this national pest control chain immediately when COVID broke out, and we're still doing it now. But we basically have said when we come into your house, our technicians will wear face guards, masks, gloves. Uh, we'll make sure you're not in the house and we spray the house. We'll make sure your animals are safe. We'll do whatever it takes to make sure that you feel safe in this world. But because you're not eating out as much and you're cooking your house, pests and rodents are coming into your house at a record, uh, at a record amount, and you need to keep your home safe. You need to keep your immunity high. We're not screaming, hey, it's COVID. We're saying you need to take all these actions to help your family. And we're here and you can trust us and we'll keep you safe. That in and of itself has helped them improve their marketing uh, ROI by 4.3x, not 4.3%. It is four, almost four and a half times uh, a higher return on investment because we focused on those messages. And how did we do it? We found out what the customer wanted first, and then we delivered a message that made sure that we, they understood that we were listening to them. And so that's how we do it in politics, and that's how we translate it over to business. This, this is so interesting to me because you just mentioned something about how you're basing marketing off what people need versus what they want. And I've, I think I, I've been in the marketing realm. I, I've seen that before. I, I've worked with companies, and you're always told it's what people want, not need. I feel like everything is completely shifted because of the time that we're in, this unprecedented time you mentioned. How do sales teams and business owners right now adapt to this five-step principle using the same principle that you used to get presidents elected? How do they kind of change their marketing strategy on the fly and continue to be successful? Yeah, so it's a great question. Um, I would tell you right now, uh, in the data we're looking at, four times as many um, Americans right now compared to March, compared to today, are think that life will never return to normal again. Four times as many before the break, uh, right after the break, uh, the, the lockdown went into effect and today. 
increasingly Americans are getting more nervous, more scared. They're more worried about the economic effects. And if you're not, you know, if in your recruiting or your marketing, if you're not adapting and understanding that that's what's in the back of their brand, that's a big problem. I'll give you a couple other, uh, <clears throat> let's just call it tactical ways to look at this. According to CompuWare, 88% of all consumers will abandon a website if it's not mobile friendly and they'll never return again. So when we talk about that third step a little while ago with your brand, right? And re, you know, you're going to get people to visit your website and see if that if they, you know, believe your company is the right company to work with or work for. If you have a bad website, it's not mobile friendly, if it doesn't uh, connect with that prospect or whoever you're marketing to, they're never going to come back to your website again. I mean, that's a crazy stat. I'll give you another one. And these are all tactical, and then I'm going to jump in back into sort of the five-step system. Uh, according to Jonah Berger uh, of the Wharton School of Business, 50% of all purchasing decisions across the board right now are coming from third-party referrals. That, that's a referral like a five-star review, uh, or it could be a testimony from someone who had a great experience with a company. Um, but that 50%, if you're not marketing to referrals and reviews right now, that is a huge, huge and like massive mistake. And then lastly, and this is the last tactical one I'll give, 84% of all purchases right now are done by watching a video sometime in the purchase process. And if you're recruiting and you don't have not just uh, video, but high quality engaging video that reflects what the what the person you're recruiting them, what they want to hear, what's going to make them resonate, what's going to come to you over a competitor, then you are leaving money on the table. You're wasting money. Video is everything. And the funny thing is, is um, in the uh, in uh, four years ago, uh, this month, Google and Facebook called me into their offices and they said. What is your business plan for your marketing? And I said, oh, we're going to do this. We're going to hire this. We're going to do that. And they said, you don't need to do any of that. You need to go out and create a video department in your company. And I said, why? And they said, because we're about to change the whole game. Everything is going to be about video. If you're not utilizing video in your marketing, you're dead. If it's not the primary component, you're dead. And I went, oh, my God. So I went out and created uh, an entire video department. But what I'm staggered, like mind-blowing, is how many businesses say, mm, video is just hard and it costs money, but it's costing you money if you're not investing in it. And that's the bottom line. And I see it in the data every single day. Where I would tell you – yeah, go ahead. No, I was saying that's music to our ears here at FreightWaves because – our marketing costs are covered because we have FreightWaves TV, because we have this video entity. And I think a lot of people were wondering, why is that freight, in, freight logistics and data company now doing TV and media? But you touched on such a great point. If you have video, that covers so much of your marketing costs, and it's the easiest way to brand yourself. And, and that's a really important thing people need to hear. It's a great point. And let me give you another example. I'll go back to this pest control company you work with. I understand they're getting customers. That's not mainly how you work. We all work through metaphors, so this is really important. When we work, this pest control company, 45-year-old national pest control company, came to us, and they said we had spent 
$1.8 million on our marketing over the last two years, and we have lost market share across the country. We don't know what's going on. And I said, well, how are you marketing? And they said, well, we built over the last 10 years, we've 10X this company on the one premise, and it was called discounts. We yelled discounts at everything. Uh, you know, hire us, 50% discount, 35%, everything was discount. And then the last two years, all those ads have completely bottomed out. They're not working anymore. And I said, well, what are you marketing? What's your marketing message now? Discounts. And I went, oh, no, <laughs> it doesn't work. I said, what, is your what do your customers want? And they said, discounts. And I went, well, no, the data is back. They don't want discounts, but you don't know what that is. And so I went out and created a partnership with the largest data collection, analytics, and AI company in America. In their database that we now own, we have 200 million American consumers, 550 million connected devices, and we are tracking 10 billion online decisions every single day. That's what we're looking at. We were able to take their customer base of this pest control company, overlay it, and then we were able to produce a 50 to 100-page report for them about what their customers cared about the most, their top values in life, what social media platforms like Facebook and, and Twitter and Instagram and LinkedIn, where they went the most in a chronological order. So instead of buying ads on Facebook, our, our customer base was actually on LinkedIn. And I'm like, why are you spending all this money on Facebook? There's a better formulaic way of looking at that. And so we went through all this data and we found out something incredibly important. Their customer base, did the economy had improved, right? This is pre-COVID. And they, the customer base was older. Kids were out of the house. And their customer base looked at discounts as cheap. They wanted a higher value. And they also, because their kids were out of the house, they were focused on their community. They wanted to know how this company was affecting and changing the community because these people were less focused on raising their kids than they more and more focused on helping improve the, the, their community. And so we looked at them and said they had no video. They had nothing. So we created a video. We started saying we're going to bundle services rather than say discounts, right? And because bundled services makes the consumer feel smart. We also realized in the data that most of their consumers were bundling their cable and their TV or their phone. They were bundling services. That's something they were already familiar with. When we combined bundling with how we gave back to the community and one other product, we found that they, they wanted safe green products, right? So they didn't want their animals harmed by the pesticides. So they had a green product. They had never marketed it before. And so we went out and created a video, ran the video, ran ads on TV, ran them on digital, did all these things. <clears throat> we ended up having on Google search 180% improvement by spending $20 less per customer, which is an incredible stat. Uh, we had two times the conversion rate that they typically had had. And just, you know, right before COVID hit, they had the greatest month in the history of their company. 45-year-old company, the greatest month in the history of their company, after losing almost $2 million or spending almost $2 million in marketing dollars and losing market share. And the reason I tell you that is we walked them through this five-step process. We looked at the data. We put their plan together. We rebranded them. We tested those ads, and we launched the campaign. And because they went through that process, they had the greatest month in the history of their company. 
And so that's how we look at it. You had mentioned this a little bit about drivers and driver retention, and it's so important for these companies to get the best of the best when it comes to drivers. I think a lot of companies sometimes market themselves in a way of what they do for somebody, not or what they do well, not what they do well for somebody. What is the best way for these companies watching right now? What would you say is the best way for them to recruit drivers so they don't go to a competitor? If somebody wants to be interested in their company, what, what advice would you give them? I've been uh, called the data whisperer. I'm obsessed with data. Um, and I use data not to manipulate. I use data to understand how other people feel. And I think today's marketing is so tone deaf. Because I think everybody's out there talking about what they want to talk about, and they're not trying to figure out what, who they're marketing to, what do they, what resonates with them. And just like I talked about earlier, how do you find alignment like I did with that political candidate? The political candidate is going to always care about a lot of things, but the, cons- but the voter only cares about two things. It's the same premise. Your drivers really only care about two or three things. You may be communicating 100 different things to them. So what is it? What is the difference that makes the difference? And then what are you doing? You know, there's no, it's not like you just flip a switch and snap your fingers and drivers just fall into a bucket. It doesn't work like that. You have to build a relationship. Part of building that relationship is understanding how they think, how they feel, what are their concerns? What do they want? And so that's why I went out and partnered with the largest data collection, analytics, and AI company in America, because I was like, I want the best. And I want to give our customers the best. But there are a million ways you can do that. But the question is, you've got to find out what they care about. And then you have to be committed to your marketing. I always say this, like, are you committed or are you interested? Because there are a lot of business owners out there. And I'm sure either your business owner or marketer, you're going to laugh about what I'm about to say. But they're like, I'm all in. We're going to be doing this. This is the new plan. And then like three weeks later, a shiny object runs by the owner's face and he chases or she chases that shiny object and they abandon the plan they were in. Well, we see this in marketing all the time. Everybody says, I want to use that five-step formula. And then about three weeks later, they go, wait, where's the get rich quick pill? And I say that doesn't exist. Either you're going to run a marketing campaign to grow your business over the long term, or you shouldn't be in marketing at all. Because if you're not trying to build the relationship with the driver or your customer or whoever it is over a lifetime, then you're not going to re- you're not going to retain these people. You're not going to re- well, you're not going to recruit them into the first place. You're if you you know I always talk about lifetime value, right? We um we worked uh, we work with an apparel company. And they came to us and they said, I said, what's your lifetime value of your customer? Right? This goes to retention, so pay attention. And they said, well, our first purchase is $55 and our lifetime value is double that. They buy once and then they'll buy again and that's about it. And I said, well, what if we spend enough money to you know, break even on the first purchase, but we increase the lifetime value of your customer? And they went, oh, I never thought about that. It's kind of like recruiting a driver and then keeping them for you know two times longer than they would you know whatever the average dropout rate is and how much money that would save your business and so we were able to use the data and find out that women in this for this you know we were looking at women 
apparel company buyers. And we were able to find out that the third-party review that I talked about earlier, the five-star review, was the most important decision they had in making a, whether they were going to buy clothes or not. So we ran all of these test ads on five-star reviews. We found one that worked. And we were able to take their first purchase with women from $55 to $92. And now the lifetime value went from $110 to $184. That is you know, $74 per customer more over the lifetime of their purchasing power. That is an incredibly powerful difference. That, grew, that is growing that company at an exponential rate right now. And the whole reason we did that was we found out what the consumer wanted first, and then we delivered to them. Well, you talked a lot about data. We, we, you've said so many great things, but a word we keep hearing over and over is the fact that people need to utilize data. And your data and marketing strategy has been endorsed by billionaires like Shark Tank's Mark Cuban and marketing legends like Gary Vee and Jay Abraham. Um, I can imagine, though, not every business you work with really grasps the importance of data for their marketing foundation. And the trucking industry is very... It's on the cutting edge with the technology, with using data, but sometimes you hear the word old school. People are still stuck in their ways, and I, I am sure that's probably how marketing is, especially for driver recruiting and retention. What are some consequences that you've heard of or seen of people really not following this? Well, here's the thing. We're in the most disruptive moment in human history right now. Uh, Ray Kurzweil, who's sort of the Albert Einstein of this generation, uh, call, you know, says we're in, in escape velocity, which means that in the next 10 years, every industry will be disrupted or eliminated. And COVID has accelerated that at a rate we've never seen before. And so either you're going to innovate or you're going to die in this moment. And we keep seeing this over and over again. Let me give you an example. Uh, it's not that Automated cars may be something you guys are used to or hearing about. Automated vehicles are coming into the marketplace. We know they are. That's a fact. It's what's the second and third order consequences of automated vehicles coming into the marketplace. Um, I'll use cars. Let's just use cars, not trucks. If cars with automated vehicles, what are the second, third order consequences, right? What's going to happen to state and local governments when automated cars drive the speed limit and don't have parking tickets. How do they collect tax revenue now? What happens to car insurance companies when these automated vehicles within 10 years are going to be 99% safer than, you know, driver, you know, driver-led vehicles, right? They're going to go this. What happens to uh, lawyers who sue for acts? Well, maybe that's a good one. Maybe that's a good disruption that less lawyers in this country. Um, but that industry is going to be completely affected. And then the crazy one, the one that I think you should, you're just going to blow your mind. When we have in this country 35,000 less deaths by car per year, what happens on people that are sitting on organ donor lists? Do they die? Because this is real second and third order consequences of what we're facing right now. I can tell you the same thing for the construction industry. The construction industry uh, is being massively disrupted as well. The, there are three like, people that build buildings. If they're not moving into 3D printing right now, they're going to be gone in 10 years. Because uh, a year ago in Japan, a, a house, a 4,000 square foot house was 3D printed with, by a machine, not a hand, not a hammer, not by people, 3D printed 
a 4,000 square foot house was 3D printed in one month. And uh, in Austin, Texas last year, a 1,000 square foot house was 3D pr printed in eight hours. These houses can withstand a 10.0 earthquake or a category five hurricane. So what happens to, again, insurance companies or what happens to the construction industry? Also in Japan, they are now using robots to put up drywall and actually build the houses uh, before we get to sort of the, you know, the inner workings of the house. The construction industry is going to be completely disrupted. The food industry is going to be completely disrupted. So my point is that everything is changing. The only way to stay ahead of that is to understand what the data is telling you, to, under, to look at the data, and, and whether it's your marketing or whatever it is, and get ahead of it. It's the only way to stay ahead of everything. That's why we focus everything we do on this. And that's why I'm so committed to it. Yeah, if anyone can take anything away from what you just said, it's innovate or die. And that is so crucial to listen to that message. Obviously, we could tell you're a storyteller. And at Freight Waves, we love having people who are great storytellers as part of our Freight Waves live experience. Being in both politics and media, I'm sure you have some crazy stories or some amazing stories. Is there anything that sticks out for our audience you'd like to share today? Uh, yeah, I'll give you a great one. Uh, a couple of years ago, uh, I was asked to go on and be a guest on Fox Business's number one morning show called Mornings with Maria. It's with Maria Bartiromo. And uh, I'm a frequent guest on it. And they said, hey, come on in and you'll talk for 10 minutes on marketing and politics. I said, great. So, uh, you know, you go to New York and you're in your hotel room and the night before they typically send you the talking points like here's what we're going to discuss tomorrow so you can prepare. Right. You're going in front of millions of people on national TV. You kind of want to have be prepared. So, you know, it look like a fool. Um, and I didn't get the talking points the night before. And the show starts at 6 a.m. So typically I'll get up at like 3.30 in the morning. And there's nothing worse, right, than waking up at 3.30 in the morning, and then you don't even have the talking points. And so I'm kind of freaking out in my head, like, oh, my God, like, what's going on here? Well, 5 o'clock uh, a.m., the this car comes to pick me up to take me to the studio. And I get to the studio, and there's nobody to greet me. And I go in, and I get you know, the makeup and all that stuff. And I'm like, what are we going to talk about today? This is ridiculous. So I go back in the green room, and all of a sudden, this producer busts in. And he's like, Philip, 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 uh, we got a big problem today. And I go, oh, they're going to bump me. Bump me means that there's something break, breaking news. They're not going to talk to me. They're going to tell me to go home and I don't uh, show up. You know, I don't get the appearance on, on national TV. And I said, well, what's the problem? They said, well, Maria is out and she's sick. And we've got this Sandra Smith is going to be co-hosting today. And we, or she's going to be hosting today. And we want you to help co-host the show. I've done 300 media appearances. I'm the one answering questions, not asking questions. So I'm like, I'm freaking out in my head. And they go, are you in? And I'm like, yeah, sure. So they grab me. They like run me into the studio. They throw me in the seat. They're, you know, putting the last makeups on. They put this earpiece into me because they're going to talk to me through the earpiece, the producer. And the producer says, uh, Philip, uh, thanks for being on the show today. We're excited. You're ha you know, you're in the first A block 
It's going to be a, a general. We're going to talk about uh, the war in, in uh, Syria. And in the B block, we're going to be talking uh, to about the Greece bailouts with famed investor Jim Rogers. And in the C block, we're going to be talking about marijuana being legal in the Justice Department. And I'm freaking out. I'm like, I don't know any of this. I'm like a marketer. Like, what do I know about generals and bailouts? Like, this is not my thing, right? And I'm just like freaking out. And I'm looking above the camera. And there's a clock, a countdown clock. And the countdown clock is like 10, 9, 8. And I'm like, oh, my God, I'm freaking out. And it's going 3, 2. And then the producer goes, Philip, one more thing. And I go, yeah. And he goes, make your questions interesting. One, live. And that was how it happened. And in that moment, in that moment, in that one split second before we went live, I said to myself, either this is your moment or it's not. And I said, this is my moment. I got it. And, you know, the interview went off without a hitch. I I asked a bunch of questions that I don't know how it came to my head. But in that moment, I realized that it was either a make or break moment for me. And the reason I would tell you that story is because I believe with everything going on in the world right now, between riots and protests, between COVID, between massive unemployment, between disruption in technology, This is your moment. This is your moment to innovate and to win in the new economy. And you have to be smart and you have to be use technology and you really have to focus on what the data says. I have this prediction. This is a good one, I think, that I believe social media would be completely disrupted in the next 10 years. I'm all on social media and if it was gone tomorrow, I'd be happy as a glam. But The reason being is social media started as a way to connect with people, and now it's just to show you how great everybody is. It's all about themselves. It's all about, let me show you about my life and how great I am. And that's the opposite of what your truckers want or your customers want in society. They want to be seen and heard. A lot of these protests and riots are just about people who don't feel seen and heard. I use data to understand how these people work, what matters to them, what's important to them. And then I deliver my marketing to make sure that they feel seen and heard. And because of that, we've created this five-step undefeated marketing system. And that system has grown the bottom lines of every company that has been committed to it and stayed the course. And so for me, that's sort of how I would sort of end this, I guess, is to show you that that is the most important thing you can do going forward. I absolutely loved that story and how you tied it back to the times we are in now. Um, we teased this in the beginning and we, we are running out of time, but you have an amazing offer to give our attendees today. You believe will help them improve their marketing by at least 50%. That is quite the deal. Philip, the floor is yours. Tell us about this. Yep. So like I told you before, I have a partnership with the largest data collection Uh, analytics and AI company in America. Again, we are looking at 200 million Americans. Everybody in the trucking industry is in our database, right? Uh, We are looking at 550 million connected devices, and we are tracking 10 billion online decisions every day. Remember, it's not what people say, it's what people do. And when we are tracking what they do online, then we get an accurate and honest look at what they care about. And we can tell Everybody knows everything about you. You just don't realize that yet. And so what I would offer you, uh, you guys today, is two things. One 
If you want to have a better understanding of how you can improve your data, just go to winbigmedia.com and and you can fill out a form and we'll give you a free data assessment. This is uh, a free and we'll tell you a better way of looking at your data um, and we'll walk through and answer any questions you have on how you should look at data, what's in your data and all that stuff. So that's free for everybody. If you go to my personal brand website, philipstutz.com, and you sign up for uh, every two weeks, I write about marketing and I write about data and how companies should be using it and what the data says and their exclusive insights I only give to my subscriber list. If you go subscribe to that right now, uh, I will choose one business owner and I will give them a $5,000 gift. I'll choose it ram- randomly. Or it doesn't have to be business owners, anybody here. And I will um, utilize our partnership with our data partner to look at your data and give you this 50 to 100-page report. Um, I will choose one random one that comes in in the next hour. If you do this in the next hour, then we will flag it. We will choose one company. And we will analyze your data and give you all the feedback on everything you're looking for from truckers to anything. It costs $5,000 to do it. Uh, and I will gift this to one person if you go to philipstutz.com and you subscribe where you will get all my insights going forward. That is an incredible offer. And I don't think anyone, I think everyone's now turned to their computer and they're no longer listening to us. But I feel invigorated after that. And I really hope our viewers do too, Philip. Uh, This is definitely the type of conversation we needed in these unprecedented times. But I I hope that people take away what I took away from this. And uh, things seem a lot more clear to me. And I'm sure it does to everyone else at home. And you are a wealth of knowledge. You are incredible. I'm sure we will have you back again, Philip Stutz. Thank you for being a part of our Carrier Summit today. Oh, it was a blast. Good luck to everybody.